Welcome to the Soul Patch Podcast, the podcast where three American expats explore different topics related to living and working in South Korea. With the combined 45 years of living experience in Asia, there are plenty of stories to tell. So, pop in your headphones and make yourself comfortable. It's time for the Soul Patch Podcast. My tainted perception distorts my true meaning is blurred. I am lost. What do you guys do? Do you guys do uh, first names in your classrooms? Uh, yeah, you know, it took me a while to figure out why they had to do that, but <clears throat> I think it has a lot to do with pronunciation yeah. of last names. I mean, obviously, right away, when you guys are saying my last name, <laughs> imagine um, people that aren't familiar with uh, Filipino last name, too, you know, which is sure. actually Portuguese origin. Yeah. Ah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. and uh, also the, the fact that it's flipped in Korea. You start with the last name yeah. first. And, Correct. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's weird. I've had like, a lot of yeah. students call me Mr. Kevin or call me like Kevin teacher throughout the course of the semester. And then they finally realize that Kevin isn't my family name. Like at the end <laughs> of the semester, they're like, they, they, one point they come up and they're like, so Mr. Mitchell. And I'm like, my name no, is no, Mitchell the way Kevin. They're like, wait, yeah. wait, hold on. <laughs> Took him took him a long time to to get that connection. I, I tell him at the beginning, I'm like uh, the first day. Mr. McBain is my father's name, so please don't uh, make me feel any older than I already am. But inevitably, I get the Mr. Jack emails, you know, in abundance afterwards. Oh, of course. So yeah. I mean, I always do. I just tell students on day one to call me Kevin, but that's because we're at the university level. Um, all yeah. of my university professors back in the states, I used first name with them always of course uh with us but in high school and before that it was always mr so-and-so always right um and so i think if i was teaching at a lower level here i'm not sure what i would do exactly uh the hog one that i worked at just part-time last summer they told us to go with mr kevin but it kind of felt a bit weird like i almost wanted to be mr mitchell there because i'm teaching with like little kids things like that yeah. But at the university, definitely just first name. I feel like it depends on what you're teaching too. Like the, I do first name as well. And I always have because my students have always been um, university students. So, and what I'm teaching is always, has always been communication. So what I always tell my students is the same thing. I'm like, guys, we're going to practice basic common communication. So I'm going to use your first names. And you're going to use my first name because that's what we want to, um, we just want to kind of normalize this. Uh, it's the most common way to, to interact with someone. I mean, I just had to pick something, I guess. I mean, it's a bit arbitrary, but yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I, don't, I don't like the whole like professor, like oh. teacher, mister, yeah, formal. sir. Yeah. Like it just Bringing doesn't, it doesn't jive for me. Also, yeah, yeah, it doesn't, doesn't jive for me. Like yeah. never, it wouldn't, wouldn't in the States either. I wouldn't let it fly. Like, it's too weird. Yeah. Not at a uni. But do you, but do you ever had that situation where you like, um, your student asks you, your student like traveled overseas and they studied at maybe like a university for a semester in America. They come back and then they're going back again. And they always ask me like, what, what should I call my professor? He's not my professor now. Or what should I say to him? You know, what should I say to him? I'm like, yeah. just say hello. And they're like, what? I couldn't <laughs> possibly say hello. That's so rude. Right. And it's like, no, we don't have all that, you know, that baggage. You can just kind of throw it away. Um, so, uh, Ryan, man, we just want to uh, thank you for, you know, uh, volunteering to, you know, for reaching out on Facebook and, and uh, volunteering to come on our show. We've never done an interview yeah. before. So, oh, really? Yeah, this is our first well, one. You're the you're the, uh, the the test subject, I guess. <laughs> so, I, I was excited to, to reach out because when I saw your post, I um, you know, this is my first uh, foray in, into teaching at a hog one after being in a public school for quite some time. Um, I, I just felt like I had a lot to share and just talk about some similarities and differences. And I, I'm pretty sure it will resonate pretty, pretty strongly with you guys to not hearing that you have a, a, a long experience or long background with uh, education as well. Yeah. And the, the funny thing is, I, I mean, I think, um, Kev, you, was your plan to be a teacher when you were in university? Was that your was that was that a goal? Um. It's kind of funny. I mean, I, I know we talked about this in, in, in that first episode, but it wasn't a goal necessarily, but I was a teacher for all, all through graduate school as yeah. well. And so I kind of stumbled into teaching. But then after I had been teaching for three years through graduate school, I realized I was like, oh, I quite like this already. And so at that point, yeah, I think when I came to Korea and once I graduated from grad school and I was looking around for jobs, it was let's 
let's continue this education thing because it was fun. When I was an undergrad, no, uh, education wasn't that initially. Wasn't your, you, were, you, didn't, you weren't like a kid going like, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a teacher. That wasn't no, I wanted your, to be an architect when I was an architect. Was a kid. <laughs> okay. Uh, or president of the United <laughs> States, right? Uh, yeah, Ryan, so much, but yeah. uh, you, you were in education. Uh, our Ryan, uh, Ryan A., uh, yeah. Were, was yours, were you going to be a teacher or was your more in like an administrative side or? No, was I was, your... I was, um, I was already working as a school psychologist. Um, very briefly. I was finishing the last part of my program when I decided that I wanted to do some research that led me abroad that eventually led me to Chungang. And, um, then I, uh, gave up that track. So my, my intention was to be working as, uh, yeah, I guess, I guess, a school psychologist, you call like, a an administration. I don't know. Yeah, that's where, kind of like a counselor or yeah. Like, a yeah, yeah. I guess it's, it's like one, one, one half, one half of the job is, uh, counseling. So you're working with social workers and the students. So it's, uh, whatever type of issues, you know, kids have, they get most of their, um, psychological health uh, care through public education. So that's, that's just how the U S works. Um, so that's about one half the job. The other half is um, program and system design. So, you know, working with doing audits, a lot of audits, which is basically what I was doing in Busan as well, like going into schools and checking out what uh, is working, what's not working, trying to come up with like theories, improve systems so not as much fun as teaching at all <laughs> yeah i, I yeah. uh teaching's I, way better <laughs> i stumbled you know uh ass backwards into uh into teaching so my you know i my original degree was in communications i wanted to work in los angeles in hollywood for either television film whatever um went to teach for one year overseas never went back again and that was 21 years ago so um, we're, we're all coming from a little different, uh, uh, places here, but I guess, uh, Ryan, why don't you share your background with us a little bit? Yeah. Was teaching always like on the, you know, horizon for you? That's always been the question, right? They're always like, what brought you into teaching? That's always like yeah. the first question in an interview if you're getting hired anywhere. Honestly, no, I, uh, so I'm 39 years old and, and I came into the game quite late. Um, I spent most, most of my time. It's funny that you brought that up that you went to, uh, Hollywood for a while to do to do your thing. I was actually uh, <laughs> when I was younger, when I was uh, 17, 18, I did acting and modeling back in Portland. Okay. And I got signed with an agency and um, led me to L.A. So I, I spent a lot of time in my 20s, like just jumping around jobs and doing like modeling jobs and doing doing acting like gigs, like getting my SAG card and everything, like little little bits here and there. Mm -hmm. And then eventually it just wasn't like consistent enough. As you know, that kind of industry, it's just very up and down. You'll get a paycheck. You won't get a paycheck. You'll get residuals. You won't get residuals. Yeah. Um, and one day um, I, while I was working in one of my serving jobs, uh, one of my buddies was like, you should be a personal trainer that I know it's kind of an odd thing. He's like um, to lead to education, but that's actually what led me to education because there was a lot of similarities so what happened was uh, I said, sure, why not? I was 24 hour fitness and um, pretty, pretty standard personal trainer gig, whatnot. And um, <laughs> for some odd reason, I ended up teaching a decent amount of teachers or teaching, excuse me, coaching a, a decent amount of teachers. I, they, there was a lot of teachers that were coming in and one like public school teachers you're talking about, like uh, just in the L.A. school system. Just Oh, no, no. This was like, OK, so let me backtrack a little bit. Uh, I did that. I got hired in LA and then I went back to Portland. <clears throat> oh, okay. Okay. So you grew up yeah, in the so now I'm back Northwest? in Portland. Is that I'm kind of skipping. Okay. Yeah. Pacific Northwest. Yeah. Okay. I'm skipping back and forth. So, but I moved back to Portland and um, I'm personal training uh, all these teachers uh, that uh, just somehow are in my radar. And one actually approached me and she tells me that, you know, there's a lot of similarities to this, to what you're doing. And you should check that out. I was like, uh, okay. And I actually ended up shadowing her one day. Mm -hmm. I came in and I have a very young looking face. And it was kind of a funny story because oh, I don't know if it was a teacher or an admin 
was like, are you late for class? Who are you? And everything. I was like, no, no, I'm just here. Because yeah. I had a backpack too. Where's your hall pass? Notes yeah. <laughs> yeah, where's your hall pass? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I sat in there, watched her teach. And I was like, wow, this is kind of cool. And so I was actually finishing up too. I went back to school at that time. This was like now towards like my, uh, I would say like my late 20s and whatnot. Uh, I was uh, I was finishing up my undergrad, which was for um, sports science and everything. So I, I I wanted to kind of pursue that personal trainer thing since that's what I was doing for quite a while. And there was this one class. It was the ED four twenty class, and it was about like experience, experiential uh, experiencing what schools are like, right? Mm-hmm. Um, to see if education is uh, for you. If you want to go into education, so we go into this classroom. And the first thing that this teacher does, this professor does, is uh, he plays a he plays a video, uh, or not video, but a PowerPoint, and he shows slides where where teachers fall on the scale of pay, <laughs> and he goes, "How do you guys like that?" And we're like, "Whoa!" And then he shows another PowerPoint slide. I still remember this, this was years ago, and it showed where teachers fall in the scale of respect in society in the united states yeah and uh after he showed those two slides he looked at the classes like if this bothers you then you must leave the classroom now and i'm not kidding you half of the class left they walked half out? Of the class left really? and i was like i had a feeling i should but there was also a feeling that like kept me in my seat i was like wow this is very intriguing yeah. i want to see where this goes so that kind of led the, the road to to teaching um, and, uh, obviously led to, to eventually going into getting my master's as an educator, but there's a lot more to it. There's a lot of ups and downs. Um, and my, my mom was actually an educator, but it never was something that led me to it. And I have my aunts on my dad's side who, who were educators as well, but it never like dawned on me that, oh, this is something that I really, really wanted. Did, to do. Uh, did like, your mom try to talk you out of it? Like, you know, given like the, you know the trend, the trend line that we've seen in the last, you know, 20 or 30 years in America's respect has declined. I am assuming, right? Like it's, I don't think it started that way. And she, she never, um, she didn't experience it in that manner. So a background of my parents are, they're immigrants from the Philippines. My dad was actually U S Navy who, who that's how we, we were able to get our citizenship. They're hiring, not hiring, but, uh, recruiting, excuse me, uh, Filipinos to uh, to be in the U.S. Navy or any any military types for the U.S. Okay. So he was uh, recruited, and uh, from there, well, going back, my mom was a teacher in the Philippines. So it was a completely different scenario. I'm gonna give you a little bit more background. I went to high school in the Philippines, so I oh. even saw a completely different like scenario there too. But this was like '96 to 2000. Yeah. So uh, coming here to, to to Korea, just now getting like all these different like experiences from from like the, the middle school and even going to, to private school myself, private so, and public school. Yeah. So what year did you, what year did you get to Korea? Oh, last year. <laughs> oh, so okay. okay. So we're brand, okay. we're brand new. Yeah. I was ah. doing it. Uh, yeah. I, when I was doing my long stint, I was, I was pretty much close to tenure uh, in my school district over in Vancouver public schools, uh, which is like bordering of uh, Portland. So it's uh, mm-hmm. Vancouver, Washington. But uh, yeah, it was a tough decision because, you know, you give up a lot. If you've been in a school district in the States, especially one that like, you know, how the scale is with, uh, with pay, if you have a master's and if you're, if you're teaching certain types of blocks, like I was an honors teacher at one point, I was doing a National Juniors Honor Society. I was doing a lot of things that were, that were pushing my middle school and that was pushing me to like seniority, I guess, you know, and uh, I don't know, you it was tough, but at the same time, it's, you, you need change as well. You need to see mm-hmm. something different. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So that's a, that's I, a I pretty big, that's a yeah. pretty big shift. Um, I mean, I know, I know it's the same in Chicago. That's where I was at yeah. with, um, with teachers in Chicago. If you've put in that much time, if you leave, we have a, had a, a system where, you could leave for a, a certain period of time, but if, right. if you lapse, then yeah, you're, you're, you're back to the bottom of the, of the totem pole. Correct. Um, and that's kind of where I'm at right now. Right. So that, that's why I want to ask you. So um, what was your, your reason to, to leave? That's and are you going question. to stay? Great question. So, and, and why Korea specifically, I guess, to tack onto that. Yeah. Let me, let me get you all that information. So 
my first teaching job, I'll start from the like beginning. My first teaching job was, uh, I got it. Like I wasn't even done with my master's program. And I think it was a, it was because the school district was really hurting for teachers. There was a shortage for a while. I don't know if it was the same around. I feel like it was the same around the country around, uh, 2013, 20, 20, 2013, 2012. That's, mm-hmm. that's when I was about to graduate. And, um, I remember in that inter- interview, it was a coastal town in, uh, in Oregon. Uh, I left the interview and then they called me right away. They hired me. And I was like, I'm not even done uh, with, uh, with my master's program. I was like, no, we know you're going to pass in. And so that was my first year there. I taught fifth grade there. And then um, I just started to miss living in the city, miss Portland. You know, it's, you know, I was, I spent 20 years there back and forth there. And then of course, like seeing LA a bit. Um, so I, I tried to get hired back into the Portland uh, metro area, which Vancouver was part of. And I uh, luckily was able to be, <laughs> I got hired there and spent uh, the next uh, seven years over there. And um, after a few years, it, and it was, it wasn't the worst thing, but Ryan, you said something that really like resonated with me because you said you're a counselor, right? Um, that's something that uh, I felt like was a beautiful thing to embody as a teacher but it also was a taxing thing on myself on a daily basis and what i'm i'm not even a counselor i mean by all means i'm not but you know this and as you know if you've taught in a public school anywhere in the united states you are not just a teacher you are a counselor you are a parent you are you are there you are you're you're the the shoulder to cry on like yeah you're part of you're part of the team you're part of the team that's that's exactly how we'd go in a meeting and to be clear i never worked professionally i was in my my practicum Mm. i was finishing my program so but in that in that capacity like yeah the teacher is part of the team it's like you got a teacher a parent and you have social workers counselors psychologists uh police in some cases and you're you're a unit like a teacher is not just a class walking into a classroom your job is you don't go off the clock but do you you feel like sometimes that support system is is lacking though in in a lot of cases where you're you you are playing the role of parent and also teacher and also uh protector yes you know yeah yes and i and this you know and i'm not even gonna say that the the area i was in you know for Portland is not like a horrible area area or whatnot. And that, you know, I'm not trying to compare or anything, but if I were to say in an area that is decently affluent and you have like uh, families that are struggling, most of them, like most of the issues I see is that the parents just don't have time for the kids, you know? And I was actually going to relate that to what I'm starting to see here in Korea. There's actually, actually a similarity in a different sense, you know, they, but they, they, handle it in an odd and different way, not odd, but it's just a different way that I'm not accustomed to. And I've come to uh, understand a little bit more, but yeah. So a lot of times, like you'd either have a lot of it is like from broken families, right? You got single, single family households, or maybe even if it's uh, a, in most cases, it's probably like that kid is the one that's taking care of the younger siblings right mm-hmm. they have younger siblings they're like already doing things that like maybe a mother should be doing like feeding the, the babies and everything and like changing diapers and whatnot like i hear these stories of, or even hearing stories of abuse and whatnot that that kids would just like pour out to me and we only had going back to ryan going back to the counselors we were talking about if we're in a school of like six seven hundred kids and we only had three counselors and at one point uh <laughs> we were down to two how is that servicing the population? Right. How is that servicing the population? So, so going back to the, the initial question you had, what brought me to, to Korea? A lot of different reasons. Um, I need change. I'm a type of person that needs to constantly see change. And um, I also learned that uh, I was going to wear myself out with the way I, you know, I wear my heart and my, you know, what is that? on my sleeve is that that the the term but uh i knew if i kept going on this you know this would this would be the death of me because i you know i took my job seriously well do you you feel like uh oh sorry to interrupt you like like, as a person who's uh you know empathetic Mm -hmm. um were you starting to get cynical 
at that point? Or that's I mean, the thing. Yeah. That's what I wanted to avoid because I saw that happen to a lot of my other coworkers where they just were just, so I'll give you an example. The moment that we had already decided that I was leaving, uh, I, I went to meet up with some teachers and I was on this kick of like, I just want to let go. Like, like let's be, I want to find the positivity in life. Right. And I want to, I want to remember the good stuff that uh, I learned from all of this. I sat down, we were at a, we were at a bar and I was saying, I said my goodbyes and they went bam right away. Smack talking, just straight smack talking about every kid that they could talk about. I was like, dude, there's some parents over here, man. Like you gotta, you gotta watch what you're doing. Right. And I, I'm not going to name names or anything. I'm not going to put anybody on the bus, but like, I feel like it is a common thing that we do. Like as humans, we, we vent, we, uh, because there's nowhere to go. I understand why they did what they did because there's nowhere to, to push those emotions. You know, their teachers are kind of in somewhat of a battlefield in the United States currently, especially, and I feel for them. But at the same time, I also don't think that that is also the solution is to sit there and just talk smack. And I just did, I just felt like that was unhealthy for me um, as well. Like this just, it was also becoming a toxic environment where, where like you were saying, right. It should be a team, right. It yeah. didn't feel, I had a team and my team was good within my, what we call PLCs, which mm-hmm. is like our sixth grade unit. We were great, but beyond that bubble that we had, there was a collapse within throughout the whole system, like a collapse um, of morale or, or, uh, Oh yeah. Like the, the whole, it, it just wasn't, it just was, it, there was no trust. There was no trust. Uh, in like, how, what, I, what I was relating about the team, I was, I was saying that at least in, in uh, CPS, the, the, the team, I mean, it sounds like a good thing. Like you have the support network, but what I was trying to imply is that that's your, that's your job. Your yeah. job is, is coordinating with, that team like and those people they're going to email you they're going to call you you're going to take phone calls at 1 a.m it's part of your life and you just never go off the clock because you're not just a teacher in a classroom you're on this support team and you have like you were saying like the it's not just like teachers uh you know to student ratio but even like support services i mean when i graduated from the master's program um no i kept cps chicago public schools um, when I graduated from the master's portion of the program, I had a class in, I think it was just like organizational skills or something like this. And the professor gave us, um, a USB and the USB had files on it that were all like basically like your case reports with a uh, plug and play paragraphs. So you could like, you're just, you're supposed to be writing like a detailed report about a student that's had like a crisis. It's a paragraph that's pre-written and you just like sub out their name. That's how busy you are and how little attention you're giving to them. And it was really sobering. It was like, are you kidding? They're like, yeah, you can't write 4,000 case reports in a year. It's not going to happen. Like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a tough situation out there. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So so to Korea, I can see then why you came here. Um, So the second part of the question, also what Kevin said, why Korea and will you stay? (laughs) Yeah. Um, So my wife is, uh, she's Korean and um, we've been really fortunate actually because she, she, um, when we first started dating, uh, she was working for US Airways and now currently works for American Airlines. She's, she's close to probably being done. She's pregnant. So she's, uh, she's yeah, Yeah, congratulations, man. Our first kid. Yeah. Yeah. We're really excited. Uh, can't wait April, but, um, wow. okay. yeah, I know it's going close <laughs> in mine, Korea too. <laughs> mine just turned 13 a little while ago. Oh, so, congratulations. Uh, I'm, I'm, wow. I'm way in. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Teens, <laughs> teens. Um, but yeah, we, uh, I, I felt like, so this was back in, uh, the summer of 2021 and, um, just woke up one day, like. I, I looked at her, I was like, I know you love to travel. I know that uh, we haven't really got to go anywhere, but I think a change of scenery will help both of us. You know, I mean, the pandemic is another example, another reason why we needed to get out. And it sounded like it was impossible to come to, to even move anywhere. If you, if you just watch the news mm-hmm. uh, and, and you're in the middle of 2021, or if you're in the middle of the year 2020, 
and you just watch the news, you just feel like you can't really do anything or go anywhere. But the reality is it's actually doable. You just have to take a lot of steps to get to that process and talk to the How did you find the job in Korea? Did you go through recruiters or? No, we have a friend. So our, we oh, have nice. a friend who used to work in a hogwan who you, who was, uh, 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 I guess, uh, do they call them administrators? I'm still trying to figure out the name of like their, I, I guess they are administrators, uh, administrator of a hogwan. And, um, she's like, she's not anymore, but she's like, I'll, I'll get you connected. And they saw my resume and then right away they liked what they saw. And, um, but, uh, you know, it was, it was, uh, it was almost like I was just like kind of a shooting in the dark because you didn't know what to really expect it, it because it's a, it's a hogwan, it's an academy versus coming from a, a public school, you know, you go in public. So there was a private, lot of yeah. things when I first yeah. came, came here actually. And you, you probably will know right away what I'm about to say that just like, was like a culture shock to me, not just being in Korea, but like more culture shock of how, um, hogwans are, operating and maybe it's different where my hagwon is versus others i've heard there's like differences too in all the different places but yeah that's what brought us here mostly change and like you know the the thrill of adventure we're we're travelers at heart my wife and i um and then the last question to answer sorry it takes me a while to get to them but like <laughs> um we we we've said a year to two years out here um, because we want to travel around Asia. It's the pandemic that's like really just kind of tying us down right now. But the moment that like things start to loosen up, uh, I feel like um, we'll give this, we'll, we'll see how it goes here for a couple of years possibly. And then maybe see what teaching's like in like Vietnam, see what teaching's like for me and like even like going to like Indonesia. Um, so we're just going to hop around like Southeast Asia. And then she even talked about Europe. So, you know, we want to just like test what teaching's like all throughout the world, you know. Um, That's awesome. Which is a good way to, to do that. What kind of hagwon are you at? Is it like a really big place? Is it like how many, I guess how many foreign teachers yeah, is a good, big. a good metric? Um, let's see here. Gosh, I, approximately. So let's, if there are 12 kids in a classroom and there are one, two, three, Gosh, there's a lot of teachers, man. Because we teach, uh, we, it, so it. I don't want to give away the name or whatnot, but it's um, it's in Mokdong. I don't know if it like oh, that's like in, uh, I, my, I was told it's like the mecca of of. Uh, that's where I Hong lived Hong when I first came to Korea. Actually, it's it's kind of funny too because I remember going to like the Wikipedia article for Mokdong when I first came here, and I was like, <laughs> this is the the high ritz area of Seoul and everything. I was like, it's got, it's got, got like, Rodeo Drive, right? My, my mother-in-law <laughs> lives in Mokdong, actually, so. Yeah, that's a, supposedly what they're all, like, trying to say. It's glitzy and glamorous yeah. or whatnot. We, we don't live in Mokdong. We live, like, more on the edge of it where it's, like, brutal because they would have put me in, like, a hagwon, like, um, uh, like an office stall or whatever they call them. Yeah. And um, that wouldn't have worked for, for a growing family. So it, it worked out that, like, we, we had some, again, um, we had some good friends that were able to get us a couple a two bedroom apartment in Guru, which is oh wow like that's a pretty yeah. that's a difficult find so yeah yeah no joke that's what we yeah. found you know once we did a little bit of research we honestly have gotten very 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 lucky but yeah um there are a lot of gosh so we teach we teach uh uh kindergarten but like early kindergarten too they they have things called uh dcp early early childhood five six and seven i teach uh that's college. korean age five six seven right oh i i believe so yes yes yeah seven yeah and then if and then um uh in the afternoons there's first grade second grade third grade and fourth grade so um that's, that's so, yeah, something that's, that's i have pretty big yeah it's huge um so someone told me this is the big and they're chain so they're telling me in comparison to the uh the other chains this is the main chain i got not to give anything away or whatnot, but, and it's a big name. I, I'm not going <laughs> to, you know, because I, I don't even things. know kids Hagwan's names. At this I'm not point. even sure now. Yeah. It's been a while for yeah. me. It's been a minute. I don't know. I just yeah. don't want to like, <laughs> no, the, no, no. Like, I, I don't want to say some things. That you want to dox like, anybody or. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> no reason. Yeah, so 
so yeah. comparing like what you were doing back home, um, aside from it being like a different, like a demographic shift, obviously yeah. it's, you know, the Korean and probably pretty homogenous um, group. Right. Um, the age level is different, right? From what you were teaching. Yeah. Right. So that's Dude. a massive difference. Ooh, I, I got to tell you, um, you know, the one thing though, it, it's an academy. So it's, it's parents that can afford to, to put these kids into the school. So at first I was like, man, are all Korean kids like this? Right. And then, so I've had some other friends who like, uh, who, who had taught in different hogwans. They're like, no, no, dude, this is, this is a different kind of hogwan. Or he was like some others that came from public schools. Like, no, 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 this is. Yeah. Like, if you've got you know, hogwan, if you've got kids that are there all day, like the, the five, yeah. six, seven year olds, then yeah. that's like Yuchiwan and a good English Yuchiwan is going to be. It I don't know. It used offhand, to be 1200 bucks back in the day, but I was going to say probably like more a, 15. I was told yeah. uh, our place is like round two something. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> wow. Right. Well, these kids can speak some amazing English and it, it yeah. blows my mind. So they use this curriculum. That's actually the same that we were, we adopted and my, uh, it's called wonders. Um, we adopted that in, uh, in our uh, school district, Vancouver public school. Um, and they had all this hoopla, you know how it is whenever they release something new and you have to go through all the training and whatnot. But it's interesting because the way that the, they do it here is literally like this, like, it's so methodical. It's like, you got to do this, 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 you got to follow it to a T and I, I, it's very robotic. And to be honest, as a teacher who loves to just be very fluid with his work, it, it, it gets quite boring and you, as a teacher, you can still make it fun. And I still do. But um, I remember teaching wonders before, and they, the first thing they tell you is like, explore around them. You know, you hit you hit your Common Core standards. You hit your standards. That's kind of what they do as a teacher in the states. As long as you hit your standards, knowing that you've hit, oh, did you teach like nouns, pronouns, or whatever, then you can jump around throughout the curric the curriculum itself. With the Hagwon, they don't allow you to do that because the parents you to see that there's a check mark on every single page right. of corrections mm -hmm. because it's for this test that they have to take to make sure that they pass it or whatnot. And that's their study. I, uh, uh, would you guys say, would you guys agree with this is kind of a uh, uh, aside, but maybe like a 30 year project in Korea has been how, how to design the perfect curriculum that is fail safe, regardless of the skills of the teacher. Do you know what I mean? Like they're yeah. instead of being teacher, instead of like, let's hire good teachers I think they always, you know, obviously they got, you know, you're like a unicorn almost at, at this at a hagwan because you have a master's degree, eight yeah. years of experience education. They're right. they're going to hold on to you. They're going to, you know, th th they hit the jackpot. You've got another, you know, history major from, uh, you know, university coming over for never taught before. They're trying to they're trying to create this this curriculum that is so paint right. by the numbers that no one right. could screw it up. But in right. the course that I kind of go, it just cuts against like anything that like John Dewey would have written or, you know what I mean? Like any of these, these, what we really know about education as, you know, with, with the, the teacher being able to facilitate a, a learning experience instead of just like going through some kind of rote list of, of words or phrases or whatever. But uh, that was an aside anyway. Yeah, yeah I, I feel like, you know, it's going to take a lot of time. Um, because there's a thing that, that that became very popular in the states before I left. It was called teacher as a designer, and it was like taking taking the uh, Common Core standards or the standards, whatever you want to call them, because they call them something before Common Core even was named Common Core, or whatever standards were there. And you basically would create your own curriculum. You create your own projects, right? And um, that's what made it more fun because then you can create. You you had more create creative process throughout the whole thing. And that's what I did with my middle school classes. You know, it, there was more creativity involved in it as long as I hit my standards, as long as I knew that I was teaching what exactly they should be learning uh, within that time frame. you know. But um, uh, here in, in Korea, it's, uh, the hog ones are different and that's gonna be tough because parents are paying. That's the biggest thing. That's how they, they constantly remind the teachers, parents are paying. And so, um, uh, but I also understand that's true, that there, there's truth in that, you know, it's this, the biggest difference is, and I'm, I, they, they beg to differ on this, but I will kind of constantly say it, they're a business. 
it's a business before it is truly education. Oh, of course. Right. And, but they are very much yeah. that. And that's that's what that's tough for a lot of people that are within the hog line. Like I'll say that consistently within there. It's like, I'm sorry guys, but we're we're within a business. Like I beg to differ. I was like, I'm sorry, but yes, I we are here for the kids, but we're for the more than anything for the parents who are paying. You keep saying that. Yeah. So it becomes a business. This is a tough thing, I think, for for all teachers and like any any type of education, right? It's like like even um even if you're at a, a public university and we're, we're at a private one, but even, even like you, I'm just trying to make like an extreme example, there might seem like there's a lot of creative flexibility. Like we have a lot, right? Um, pretty much we just get a textbook and we're told do whatever you want. Um, not quite, but almost. Uh, but the teacher is always in that category. It's like, I don't know, in the 12 years that I've been teaching, I've, I started using this expression, um, because Ryan, I totally agree with you. It's like, you got to meet expectations. You got to remember that, you know, you can be passionate about teaching and you can be altruistic and try to be individually serving to each student. That's awesome. But you also have to remember that this is your job and yeah. you're, you're part of a, a company structure, no matter what. I mean, unless you're like volunteering or something. So that's, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. Did, did you guys find, I mean, something that I experienced was you could be a great teacher, you could be an average teacher, but it, it really comes down to do the kids like you, you know what I mean? That's which in the, I, I'm assuming now you could uh, maybe expound on this a little bit, but uh, that's not the metric where you were coming from in, in, uh, in Portland, right? Like the, the metric would be, are they meeting the requirements? Are they passing the, the tests, the, the common core um, requirements? And here it seems more like, uh, yeah, we, we can always, you know, fix the English or whatever. But do they are you happy? Are you having a good time? You know, is it fun? Is that, is that do you find that one of the differences or um, I, I guess we could dig into some of the things that you I, I'm kind of really curious about the difference. I experienced that a bit at the hug one that I worked at last summer part-time Jack like it was just a part-time mm -hmm. job but a couple of times the admin would come up to me and they'd be like oh you're doing a great job and I'm like really because I'm, I'm not good with kids and they were just <laughs> like really yeah you're like the kids like you like we, we tried to move one kid out of your class to another one and they were like no no we want to stay with Kevin so you're doing a good job keep it up yeah, exactly. uh, they didn't ask me what I was doing they're just like you're, <laughs> you, the kids like you you're right. you're you're doing well right. I still don't know what I was doing but yeah well relationship building is like like the core of being a teacher, you know? And that's something that you learn like in your first few years of teaching. So uh, going back to my first year of teaching and including my student teaching years, I thought being the cool person, uh, like, oh, uh, you're in a, I don't know, like back, what was this, 2012, 2013, which is odd. They were already, they were still, they're still in the Pokemon now. So back then they were, <laughs> back then they were in the Pokemon too. So you'd be like, oh, you name some Pokemon or whatever. It's like, okay, I'm on their side. You think that's what would get them to like you and everything. But the I learned the hard way. The reality is they start treating you like a child, actually. So, <laughs> or like a peer. Like we're on the same level, you know? Like Yeah, exactly. So yeah. what it was that actually worked is that you can be, you just be yourself, but you, you, create, you create an environment that's safe. You create an environment that is structured but allows them for, for trust. So that's kind of what I pride myself in. I, I'm, a big, uh, I'm a big believer in classroom management. And uh, that's something that's been interesting for me here in, in Korea, uh, because I don't really have to use it as much as I had to in the States, uh, creating structure, you know, because, you know, these kids will come in and like, and then you'll, they'll start throwing F-bombs and this and that. And then so, you know, the, you got to, you know, put in their place and then like, the set up the structures and, then you know, um, send them outside to give them, give them the talk and like really like do the heart to heart and whatnot, and let them understand that they're being heard and everything. Not, not It's interesting not having to have to do it as much here, but it's also interesting going back to what you're saying, like you said, like they're hiring history history graduates or uh, those who never had any education experience. Um, I fear for them, if they can't handle like 
classroom management in in Hagwans, it will be incredibly difficult if they decide to pursue it in the United States. I'm just being dead honest because um, it's a completely different scenario. You know, it's 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 at least from from what I've experienced. You still have to have classroom management out here, and I've seen people fail. I'm like, how can you fail with classroom management? <laughs> like. You said a bunch of like rich kids and like built into the culture is respect for teachers. Like it's it's, it's basically teed up for you, <laughs> yeah. you know. Like what? Exactly. How did you how did you f this up? You know. Yeah, if you yeah. can't knock it out. You, do, you need a different and, career. Yeah, exactly. And but that's funny. And in the hog one I've already been in, I've already seen it where a few people have like struggled with classroom management. I was like, you gotta be kidding me. Yeah. If you're pursuing this career in teaching, you know, at least you're trying here. And now, hopefully, you learn that this might not be the path for you you know so yeah that's uh yeah that's really interesting i i was curious about that you know um i think where you were coming from there's probably a, a very a, a more diverse um how can i say this uh delicately like economic background uh, oh absolutely uh, yeah oh well also also probably diverse ethnically as well right i mean i'm i'm assuming but i'm, I'm not sure what what yeah. the demographics were for where you were teaching but oh, then you yeah. come to something so, that's more homogenous. It's, it's oh yeah, you know that was, and that's tough too because you know we, there, the, before I left, especially teaching middle schoolers, um, we, there were a lot of talks, and we got some serious talk. We do Socratic seminars too with the sixth graders, where they would do debates, and um, you know a lot of ideas would just be going back and forth. If you've ever seen those uh, being done before with students, so they're amazing. Um, but uh, it'd be things like even on um, LGBTQ community, like, uh, like, you know, equality, right. Like, you know, talking about equality with race and everything. So uh, coming here, it's amazing to hear how intelligent these, you know, how how well-spoken these (laughs) seven-year-olds are, but at the same time, have never really been exposed to other people out there. Um, and have a very hard understanding of, of what, you know, it's very innocent, you know, uh, but it is, like you said, it's very homogenous. They, they've never seen it. It's, it's, it's not a real, it's not mixed within the classroom. Right. And, and parents that can afford 2 million a month uh, yeah. are in a different, so, you know, economic strata than, than, exactly. than, than a lot of people. Um, so there's even a difference probably within Korea that you might not be, uh, privy to just based on the threshold of you know how much it costs to to get into a hagwon uh whatnot but uh if uh, if i uh were to ask you like if you could frankenstein monster the best elements of like uh the west and the east if uh just based on your experience what would you what what were the the kind of positive things that you noticed in in the west um versus the things that you've experienced here what 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 would those be is is there anything that i don't don't want you to like call out korea i don't want you to get in trouble or anything i'm not i'm not uh i'm not trying to trap you i will say that's that's why jack you asked the question really well you said what are the good things in the states what are the good things here (laughs) right yeah 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 trap part of our uh when we started this podcast we're you you maybe i'm not sure if you've listened to other episodes but we try to keep it in a, a radical positivity because uh, there are so many like black pilled, uh, you know, we could get together at once a week and just bitch about Korea for an hour. It'd be easy. You know what I mean? But I think yeah. we, it takes a little more creativity, a little more thinking. Right. Um, and also uh, it's it's more healing for the soul to not do that. Exactly. You know, so I agree with you. Yeah. I agree with you. Um, so the thing that I would say is uh, that I would take from the states that, you know, the most obvious thing is just like the, the free spirit. You know, the, the, the idea of like thinking outside of the box that, you know, one of the things that were really big um, and actually I've seen a lot of it happening here too. STEM, uh, which is like science and technology, right? A lot of those things that kids will build things, right? So doing a lot of these kind of like these like uh, project based uh, assignments, those kind of things would would be such a contribution in every kind of like very hands-on activity. Mm-hmm. Like there was a lot of those kind of things that were becoming big in the United States. And, it, you know, that would have been nice to see uh, mixed with taking Korea's like very rigid structure. 
because that's kind of you, you kind of you need that you need that rigidity to kind of set up that 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 pathway that straight pathway i don't know if you've ever read this book called focus um but it's a it's a it's a popular uh, education book and it it basically goes back to uh, if the united states went back to putting the classroom uh the, the students sitting forward just like they used to having the structure like it used to be um it would actually set a lot of schools up for more success um mm. whereas because i don't know how if you know they started changing classrooms into uh free seating classrooms i don't know if you know what this is but there'll be like swivel chairs, <laughs> be bouncy chairs. Really? In middle school? Oh, oh yeah. Even man. in middle <laughs> school? Oh, yeah, man. yeah. I, know, I miss this. I wow. miss this. All right. Yeah, they they've even had some schools even had like, you know, they because kids are so fidgety, they they're like they they instead of So they decide to lean into it? I, I don't know. I don't see Yeah, like, they start to <laughs> hey, give them everybody gets yeah. a fidget spinner, you know, like uh, it, just exactly. at the beginning of the school year. Yeah. Or like there'd be like beanbag stations and things like that. It's like I forget the name of uh, of the the it it's something. It's like a free flow classroom or something like that. It became super popular. Uh, I think like in 2017 and 2018, a lot of teachers were huh. doing it. I attempted it for like one month. I was like, I need structure because this is not going to work for yeah. a lot of the students, you know. So for me, uh, and then again, uh, I think. To, to answer your question, there's no perfect system, to be honest with you, Jack. Like, it, there, there really isn't. And um, what it is more than anything, it all comes back to, it all comes back to relationship building. And if you think of how, uh, how, how relationships are built, let's say with a boyfriend or a girlfriend or, or a, a, a mother and their, their kids, right? That there's a lot that has to be built. There's a, a lot of trial and error that has to go through. So it's the same thing that has to happen in, in the classroom. So in the first three months, whenever I taught, whenever I teach, the first three months are my get to know you, build up, build up our relationship, and then we're gonna hit the ground running. You know, obviously I'm still teaching things, but I need to make sure that you're ready to go. You know, here in Korea, not so much because they're already like structured to like, you know, respect their parents. But like just going back to thinking about how it is in the States and most Western. I still I prioritize that in my classroom, even with like Korean freshman students. Absolutely, man. Same thing. The even the way I look at my lesson plans doesn't matter the class. I would say the first two weeks are pretty much bookmarked as rapport building and figuring out the relationships that are in the classroom that pre-exist. And looking for the, the, the students that are kind of being left on the side and pulling yes. them into the fold, making sure everybody feels comfortable. That probably really extends for the first third of the semester. Totally the I same. Love I love yeah. hearing that. And I love that because I, I, I guess I don't get to hear too much about that being surrounded around mostly the younger children. So like, I'm always actually curious about what it's like with the older. Well, older I, I think uh, in Korea you get to be a child longer in Korea in a, in an odd way. There, there's an innocence to, so even though we're teaching university students, I would say there's still, you know, emotionally it's somewhere between, you know, like still in high school and, and dipping their toe into university. I don't know if you guys feel the same way. I mean, yeah, I, I think I, that's I wanna, an interesting I point. I want to qualify that though. Like that's a, that's an observation. I think a lot of people, if you're listening and you've been teaching here, you probably have a similar feeling. It's kind of hard to relate it. We're not saying like Korean students are immature or anything. No, like this. no, 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 not but, at all. But the, <laughs> their, their re- no, but their reality, their reality is very different from the average American 19-year-old freshman mm-hmm. students because maybe not themselves, but the average life experience of a student in the room is very different. Like when I was 19, I'm getting my first apartment. I'm paying right, my first right. bills. I'm sh- grocery shopping for myself. Like that's a very common thing. That's not unique. Um, for many, many of the students, and probably the, the, I would just say on average, your community, the people around you, even if it's not you, you're, there's a good chance you're still living with a lot of support that you had back in high school. It hasn't changed a whole lot. Um, you're, you're still kind of with mom and dad in, in some ways. I think that kind of helps it to still feel a little bit like high school when we're teaching freshmen i feel mm-hmm. i don't know 
yeah and and so i think uh like you said when you you're setting those boundaries and you're you're rapport building but you're also at the same time building respect um setting boundaries and kind of establishing like how the rest of this is going to go i when i first started teaching i came in i go all i want them to do is just like me so i can keep this job and it was just party time. You know what I mean? Like, I don't have to listen to this clown. He's a, he's a joker. That's, you know, he established that on day one, you know, and then <laughs> trying to t- trying to claw that back, and, and, you know, after is nearly impossible. You know what I mean? Like you, it, but you can always come in as a hard ass and lighten up as time goes by. And you go, oh, I thought this guy was kind of a dick, but he's actually pretty cool. Like, <laughs> that's, that's that's a much better way to go. That's your method. You know? They say don't smile till they say don't smile till November or something like that. So <laughs> right, yeah. That's, I a, like that's, that. what, that's what they say for new teachers. Like, don't smile till November. Yeah. Oh, that's oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh man. To I go was, back to comparing Korea and American like schools a bit, I'm curious what you found might be easier and or more difficult with, with the different groups. Um, and I don't mean specifically like, you know, teaching grammar is easier in one place or the other, because that's, yeah, yeah. that's just academic stuff. That's, sure, sure. that's going to depend on anything, but like, I don't know. Uh, what, 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 what you think? I've got a couple of ideas of what things that I found are um, tougher with some of my Korean tutoring kids in general. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I have some high, I have some high level kids and so they, they, they get a lot of their work done, but in terms of, uh, one of the things uh, I'll say that has been so nice off of my back is not having to talk to parents that often, you know, but it also takes away an element that I do miss because you, you miss again, again, Ryan, you're right. It is a team. It's almost like I'm kind of disconnected from the team. So there's a, there's pros and cons to disconnecting me away from them there. It's kind of interesting that you're, that you deal less with the parents here, even though they're your direct customer here. Right. So, uh, in the States, you deal with them more, even though they are less, I don't know, not a part of it, but yeah. And it's, yeah. it is very interesting because like, they'll come at you really hot too, uh, in, in the States because, you know, they're very protective of their kids and they don't want to feel like no, no, a doubt. Bad parent. no one wants to ever feel like they're a bad parent, but, um, here in, in, uh, here in Korea, you know, you have your, in, in at least in our classroom, we have, uh, us and the Korean teacher and she'll do all of the all of yeah. the calls and everything to uh, the parents. And all I can think of in my head is like, I feel bad for her because that's a lot to take on on a weekly basis. And, you know, if I, if I were to assume uh, it could possibly be similar to what they would call like helicopter parents in the United States. Right. Like oh, there's, yes. That happens here. Yeah. And I'm not saying you know that tiger moms, tiger moms. Tiger yeah, moms. There you go. Yeah. yeah. So to, to answer your question for me, it is a positive, but it, it, and again, back to what Ryan was saying, it's a negative in a sense, because it, it, it makes a disconnect when you're trying to create a cohesive team, right? The, the, everything needs to work as a unit mm. from, from teacher to parent, to, to, to support staff, to principal whatnot, right. To student, right. They all have to work as a cohesive unit. So uh, when I'm like, kind of like not being told anything and it's just like, just teach, it's okay. Well, I guess I'm not going to worry about it, but then I wonder like, well, what do your parents feel about this? Like, I want to know, like, you know, this, let's dive deep into like who you are as a person based off of who your parents are. Like when, when I would do like these uh, parent teacher conferences and I meet the parents, it, it would make me understand the, the child more. I can understand where a lot, a lot of things are coming from. Oh, no doubt. With, with, without that connection, I have you know, the, you know, it makes it a lot harder. So I, I think I, yeah, and I don't envy those off. Korean teachers having I, to call the parents every week. That's that's she, a that's a tough. It thing is a tough gig for them. Yeah. She kind of functions as like a like a like a lineman. To use a, a football analogy here, she's kind of a lineman <laughs> for to your quarterback. You know, like uh, oh, she's going to take the hits and <laughs> and do the blocking and stuff. Oh, she does. Uh, she does a lot, man. She's oh gosh. She's playing offense and defense. <laughs> <laughs> is your now? Uh, you, you said your wife is Korean. Did she grow she up is, in the in yeah. the states? Uh, or she did? Okay, okay. She did. So she. Um, I'll give you a little bit of background of her. Uh, she's like me. We were, we were very nom- nomadic growing up. So uh, her parents also uh, 
came from uh, or, or were immigrants uh, from Korea. And my parents were immigrants from the Philippines. And uh, I was born in Washington. She was born in Florida. And then uh, we mo I moved to Texas. And that's where I went to uh, elementary school and middle school. And then she moved to uh, California. And I believe that's where she did elementary and middle school. And then she moved to Portland. And then I moved to the Philippines. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then I moved to Portland. And then she moved to Arizona. Damn, you guys <laughs> are a lot of kid, man. It's, <laughs> it's a lot of moving around. And then eventually <laughs> we met each other when I was working in, uh, uh, when I was working uh, at, on that, that, in that, my first year of teaching with that, that coastal town uh, school in Oregon that I was talking about. Um, I met her, on, I met her online and, um, you know, obviously kind of scared her a bit, took her a while to open up to me, <laughs> you know, online, online dating, who knows back, especially with the early years of 2012, 2013. I don't know if that was considered. I, I got married in 2006. Online. So it's, it's all a, a mystery to me, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. clearly I, yeah, yeah, I, I don't even know where yeah. it's at now. It's, it's gotta be even like more extreme. Yeah. But the yeah. fact that you guys lasted eight years now, listening to your history, is you, you must have been itching to get out of there, you know, uh, maybe years oh. before you you decided to actually make the jump. But um, yeah, you know, we we again, what kind of satiated our 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 need to to leave the Vancouver, Portland area was that she had the ability to fly us everywhere. And so like, we took a lot of trips everywhere. And I was, I'm obviously so grateful for her for that, that we were able to see the world before the pandemic. And when the pandemic hit, it hit us both like hard, you know, we were like, we felt, you know, we felt trapped just like everybody else. And so again, going back to that question early on, that that was one of the biggest reasons why we, we made the jump here. It's like, it's a new environment, it, you know, and, and it's, 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 it's uncomfortable. Like, you know, it's a whole, I, I'm struggling with my Korean. I'm, I'm using a lot of Duolingo here and I put myself in. I've been really, struggling really... for 20 years, man. Oh, I mean, <laughs> Don't feel bad. Okay. <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> so like just being in an uncomfortable situation, like on a consistent basis, like it's, you know, I'm approaching my forties. It's refreshing. I know that sounds odd to a lot of people that are listening, but like for me, the, what's more dangerous is being in like a complacent situation uh, for the rest of your life uh, versus being in a situation that, yeah, you know, it's scary, but at the same time, well, I can say that I've experienced this. You know? Well, you're, you're sitting on kind of a, a lottery ticket, man. I mean, not in, in a way, because you've got the master's degree and you've yeah. also got the, you know, you're accredited, you, you've got the licensure that, you know, you've, you've taken the praxis or whatever. The, I don't know what the requirements are in, uh, in Oregon, but um you know, that that makes you eligible to teach at an international school in Vietnam. And so I would yeah. I would encourage you to look even beyond the Hagwon. I mean, I think it's really smart to get, you know, get your feet wet in the Hagwon system um, mm -hmm. because it's kind of an instant. We've talked about this, too. It's kind of life in a bottle, right? You get your house, mm -hmm. your your money and your everything is just taken care of airline tickets. Right. But, uh, you know, as you start to kind of get your footing in these in Korea or whatever, you know, you could you could uh, potentially make the jump to a university or teach an international school where the pay is better and you get more holiday, which is, you know, I think makes the teaching, it's probably closer to what you were doing back, back home too, but uh, you still yeah, that's, some, you Someone know. suggested that too, as well. And uh, I was thinking of looking into it and who knows if uh, we're teaching leads me too, you know, because uh, it, there, there's something that's like, that's telling me that like teaching doesn't necessarily have to happen in the classroom, you know, and, and it's not just something telling me, like, think about the pandemic. Like I, I was teaching mm -hmm. for almost like a year online, like, like what we're doing right now on zoom. And so it really like dawned on me. It's like, why am I like forcing myself to be like, like stuck within this? Like I, I can, I can do something beyond that. So but I was, uh, yeah, I, we, we looked into, we looked into some international schools too. Actually, before we, we, uh, we got, before I got hired with the Hagwon, uh, but I got turned down pretty quick, but I think they were a little more weary 
because they're like, who's this guy that's like asking? Yeah, <laughs> the, what I understand, international school yeah. jobs are are even almost more of a holy grail than than university yeah. jobs are. I've got a buddy of mine here who he really wanted a uni or a, sorry, an international school job in Thailand, and so and I think he had his master's. He had some teaching experience here in Korea. Yeah. And he went and got his teaching certificate and everything like that. And then he was looking at jobs and the people who have the teaching, the international school jobs in, in some of those like tropical countries where you're earning U.S. dollars, but paying Thai bot, they've been in those those jobs for 20, 30 years. And so those can, can be really tough to get. But I haven't looked into it myself. That's just what mm. what he was telling me. And this was already a decade ago. So. I'm not wow. exactly sure, but what it's uh, yeah, don't don't uh, discount though the the you know relationships and uh, you know networking and yeah. also luck it's all, because it's all about right place, right time. You just never know. That's true. And so uh, it's it's worth the I think it's worth the effort. Although it it has become a little more of a pain in the ass to apply for a job these days with the right. apostille. I think I pronounced that correctly. You know, trying to get all those documents and uh, all that stuff in order is, is a little. That is, was a pain. Yeah. That, that one was a pain. I remember that one. That one, that was actually what took me a while to get to Korea, actually. Sure. Because they were supposedly backed up with uh, with getting it done. I, you know, I'm going to credit Korea with their, their, um, their speediness with paperwork. I will say that. I'm like, wow, you guys are. Wow. I, 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 at least compared to what I had to deal with, with doing all the hostile work in, uh, in the U.S. Bureaucracy in America versus Korea. Yes, Korea just oh, yeah. smokes America. I'll, I'll give yeah. that. Yeah. They're like stamp stamp. But you do have to go to a lot of different offices for very like specific things. You like, yeah, you got to be ready to travel to different buildings. <laughs> get your hiking boots on it's a day yeah Yeah. try getting married here like uh that'll Uh just about break your brain and your soul is that what you did did you get married over here uh yeah yeah my wife is korean and uh we got married back in 2006 but i remember that day just going back uh between the american embassy and the city hall and the lawyer's office to the city hall back to the american embassy back to here and i was just like um (laughs) if this doesn't happen today, like, let's just live together, you know, like I, cause I'd rather jump off the Han into the Han river than to go through this again. But uh, yeah. Um, Ryan, uh, uh, is there any, anything that we didn't touch on today that you wanted to, to share or uh, any last thoughts? No, you know, I mean, that, that was pretty cool uh, for you guys to, to bring me on and uh, to let oh, me we're happy to do it about my, yeah, about my thanks story. again for being our first interview, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah there's a lot of things that we still like... don't know, so it's good to have a, a fresh voice. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And I, it's just glad to, I'm just glad to be able to, to, talk, to talk to different educators and their different experiences, too. And I, what I like about you guys is um, how you really do put that positive spin. And you, you guys are right. You know, there's a, lot of, uh, there's a lot of groups, let's say, on Facebook or, or whatnot, that can that just go super super negative about about this, about Korea, but at the end of the day, it's all perspective, you know. Like you know, and I'll be honest. Like when I first got here, I was like, oh fuck that. Yeah, you know, <laughs> right. am I allowed to cuss? I'm sorry. Is this yeah, 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 yeah. No, no this is a <laughs> Christian right, podcast. Right, okay. no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, bleep that out, bleep that. But I, you know, I, I was like, so I, I was pretty, I was pretty upset at first because, like, I, you you have these American expectations, Western expectations, right? Um, but then once you start to check yourself, and then you start realizing, like, this, there's a lot of beauty here with the culture and like a lot of history, and the people are wonderful and beautiful. I've met a lot of amazing people out here. You know, there's so much to love. So, yeah. Yeah, that's right. the uh, I, I, I totally agree with you. I think it's it comes down to your perspective. And that's that's kind of a life rule. I think we established that a couple episodes ago is, yeah. is that, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're bringing your own stuff, uh, you know, over here. So maybe it's better to drop that off, leave that with you and, and just kind of look at it with fresh eyes. Um, do you want to, uh, do you want to plug your, I know you're, you're a, a pretty oh. avid uh, vlogger, blogger, you got a YouTube channel. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Plug so that? We- Sure. Well, we uh, we got a, a YouTube. It's called the Flip, or I guess if you were to look it up, it's the Flip Forward. I'll, it was I'll put originally, a link to it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I'll and I'll, I'll send all that to you. I, I think I did, but um, it's basically it was originally like uh, me uh, discovering Korea. 
for the first time, but I realize a lot of people have done that. But now it's <laughs> it's going to transition of what it's like to be a dad in Korea. That'll be um, very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that's what it's becoming because like everybody's seen Lotte World. Everybody's seen um namsan tower and they're like there's oh this long-haired guy's gonna go there now who cares right? so, somebody somebody so somebody saw the name of our podcast and they're like oh great another soul pun podcast all right <laughs> it, kinda, it, it really hurt my heart there but sorry please continue go ahead but yeah yeah you know i mean pivot here or there whatever it it it's gonna be just uh me and my wife and how how we were coping with uh uh, the end of the pregnancy and then moving forward with, uh, you know, the first year, uh, of our, our child here in Korea, you know? So yeah, that's yeah. a, we have the Instagram too, which is called, uh, at the dot flip dot dot official. I think that's what it is the flip official. And I'll, I'll so. put it all in the description put too. So they there. can just hit the yeah. link and go straight to your, your Instagram yeah. and your YouTube channel. So, yeah. It's all connected. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Uh, well, Ryan, man, we'll thank you so much for uh, joining us thank today. You. This was uh, fantastic. It was very interesting uh, in a perspective uh, that I don't think we've we've uh, heard yet. And so uh, this is it's really great to, to hear that comparison. Um, if you guys. You guys uh, oh, it's our pleasure. It's our pleasure. Uh, anytime. Please come back again, too. So, uh, yeah. Thank you um tell we, us what uh, what dadding dadding is like in yeah in Korea. <laughs> I've, I've almost <laughs> forgot now i'll tell you what teening is about but it, it it's not, fun. <laughs> not i might fun. have to have you guys on some of my episodes <laughs> <laughs> you might, sure. yeah. there we go uh oh boy yeah um so uh you can uh you can download this episode right here our interview with ryan um at uh the soulpatch.com that's s-e-o-u-l patch.com uh, you can, it's a one-stop shop. You can see everything, get the YouTube channel. You can uh, visit our Facebook page. Uh, if you guys could give us a review on uh, Apple Podcasts, that would be uh, hugely helpful. And uh, like I said, you can check us out on YouTube as well. We've got a channel there, but we just, uh, you can just watch the podcast. And uh, yeah, we will. Uh, oh, and uh, we do have a Patreon button up there now. I don't want to forget that. So if you want to buy us a coffee, you go ahead and smash that uh uh, patreon button and uh we'd be uh, very very uh grateful for that and uh anyway want to say thanks to our listeners out there and we will catch you next week at the patch thanks everybody bye bye have a good one how are you i like to pay a couple respects to the people that made me what i am today this all my love this all my love the quiet man this all my love the brain. Hey Bobby, let the bass go. Call me a domino. 